0: Chapter Thirteen of Maria Chapdelaine by Louis Aymon, translated by W. H. Blake. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Bruce Piry. Love bearing chains. No one asked Maria any questions that evening or on the following evenings, but some member of the family must have told Tropp Gagnon of Lorenzo Surprenant's visit and his evident intentions for the next sunday after dinner came a trop in turn and maria heard another suitor declare his love francois had come in the full tide of summer from the land of mystery at the headwaters of the rivers the memory of his artless words brought back the dazzling sunshine the ripened blueberries and the last blossoms of the laurel fading in the undergrowth after him appeared lorenzo surprenant offering other gifts visions of beautiful distant cities of a life abounding in unknown wonders when eutrope spoke it was in a shamefaced halting way as though he foresaw defeat knowing full well that he bore little in his hands wherewith to tempt her boldly enough he asked maria to walk with him but when they were dressed and outside the door they saw that snow was falling maria stood dubiously on the step a hand on the latch as though she would return and atrop unwilling to lose his chance began forthwith to speak hastening as though doubtful that he would be able to say all that was in his mind you know very well maria how i feel toward you i said nothing before as my farm was not so forward that we could live there comfortably and moreover, I guessed that you liked Francois paradis better than me. But as Francois is no longer here, and this young fellow from the States is courting you, I said to myself that I too might try my fortune. The snow was coming now in serried flakes, fluttering whitely for an instant against the darkly encircling forest on the way to join that other snow with which five months of winter had burdened the earth it is true enough that i am not rich but i have two lots of my own paid for out and out and you know the soil is good i shall work on it all spring take the stumps out of the large field below the ridge of rock put up some fences and by may there will be a fine big field ready for seeding i shall sow a hundred and thirty bushels maria a hundred and thirty bushels of wheat barley and oats without reckoning an acre of mixed grain for the cattle all the seed the best seed grain i am going to buy at roberval settling for it on the spot i have the money put aside i shall pay cash without running into debt to a soul and if only we have an average season there will be a fine crop to harvest just think of it, Maria. A hundred and thirty bushels of good seed in first-rate land, and in the summer before the haymaking, and then again before harvest will be the best chance for building a nice, tight, warm little house, all of tamarack. I have the wood ready, cut, and piled behind my barn. My brother will help me, perhaps Estras and Abbe as well, when they get home next winter i shall go to the shanties taking a horse with me and in the spring i shall bring back not less than two hundred dollars in my pocket then should you be willing to wait so long for me would be the time maria was leaning against the door a hand still upon the latch her eyes turned away the Gagnon had just this and no more to offer her after a year of waiting that she should become his wife and live as now she was doing in another wooden house on another half-cleared farm should do the household work and the cooking milk the cows clean the stable when her man was away labour in the fields perhaps since she was strong and there would be but two of them should spend her evenings at the spinning-wheel or in patching old clothes now and then in summer resting for half an hour seated on the doorstep looking across their scant fields girt by the measureless frowning woods or in winter thawing a little patch with her breath on the window-pane dulled with frost to watch the snow falling on the wintry earth and the forest the forest always the inscrutable inimical forest with a host of dark things hiding there closed round them with a savage grip that must be loosened little by little year by year a few acres one each spring and autumn as the years pass throughout all the long days of a dull harsh life no that she could not face i know well enough that we shall have to work hard at first eutrop went on but you have courage maria and are well used to labor as i am i have always worked hard no one can say that i was ever lazy and if only you will marry me it will be my joy to toil like an ox all the day long to make a thriving place of it so that we shall be in comfort before old age comes upon us i do not touch drink maria and truly i love you his voice quivered and he put out his hand toward the latch to take hers or perhaps to hinder her from opening the door and leaving him without his answer my affection for you of that i am not able to speak never a word did she utter in reply once more a young man was telling his love was placing in her hands all he had to give and once more she could but hearken in mute embarrassment only saved from awkwardness by her immobility and silence town bred girls had thought her stupid when she was but honest and truthful very close to nature which takes no account of words in other days when life was simpler than now it is when young men paid their court masterfully and yet half bashfully to some deep-bosomed girl in the ripe fullness of womanhood who had not heard nature's imperious command she must have listened thus in silence less attentive to their pleading than to the inner voice guarding herself by distance against too ardent a wooing whilst she awaited the three lovers of maria chapdelaine were not drawn to her by any charm of gracious speech but by her sheer comeliness and the transparent honest heart dwelling in her bosom when they spoke to her of love she was true to herself steadfast and serene saying no word where none was needful to be said and for this they loved her only the more this young fellow from the states was ready with fine speeches but you must not be carried away by them he caught a hint of dissent and changed his tone of course you are quite free to choose and i have not a word to say against him but you would be happier here maria amongst people like yourself through the falling snow maria gazed at the rude structure of planks between stable and barn which her father and brother had thrown together five years before unsightly and squalid enough it appeared now that her fancy had begun to conjure up the stately buildings of the town close and ill-smelling the floor littered with manure and foul straw the pump in one corner that was so hard to work and set the teeth on edge with its grinding the weather beaten outside buffeted by wind and never-ending snow sign and symbol of what awaited her were she to marry one lycotrope gagnon and accept as her lot a lifetime of rude toil in this sad and desolate land she shook her head i cannot answer a trop either yes or no not just now i have given no promise you must wait it was more than she had said to lorenzo surprenant and yet lorenzo had gone away with hope in his heart while Atrop felt that he had made his throw and lost. Departing alone, the snow soon hid him. She entered the house. March dragged through its melancholy days. Cold winds drove the grey clouds back and forth across the sky and swept the snow hither and thither one must needs consult the calendar of the robberval grain merchant to get an inkling that spring was drawing near succeeding days were to maria like those that had gone before each one bringing its familiar duties and the same routine but the evenings were different and were filled with pathetic strivings to think beyond doubt her parents had guessed the truth but they were unwilling to force her reserve with their advice, nor did she seek it. She knew that it rested with her alone to make a choice, to settle the future course of her life, and she felt like a child at school, standing on a platform before watchful eyes, bidden to find by herself the answer to some naughty question. And this was her problem when a girl is grown to womanhood when she is good-looking healthy and strong clever in all that pertains to the household and the farm young men come and ask her to marry and she must say yes to this one and no to another if only francois paradis had not vanished forever in the great lonely woods all were then so plain no need to ask herself what she ought to do she would have gone straight to him guided by a wise instinct that she might not gainsay sure of doing what was right as a child that obeys a command but francois was gone neither in the promised springtime nor ever again to return and the curé of saint-henri forbade regrets that would prolong the awaiting ah dear god how happy had been the early days of this awaiting as week followed week something quickened in her heart and shot upward like a rich and beauteous sheaf whose opening ears bend low under their weight happiness beyond any dream came dancing to her no it was stronger and keener yet this joy of hers it had been a great light shining in the twilight of a lonely land A beacon toward which one journeys, forgetful of the tears that were about to flow, saying with glad defiance, I knew it well, knew that somewhere on the earth was such a thing as this. It was over. Yes, the gleam was gone. Henceforth must she forget that once it had shone upon her path and grope through the dark with faltering steps. Chapdelaine and tit'b were smoking in silence by the stove her mother knitted stockings chien stretched out with his head between his paws blinked sleepily in enjoyment of the good warmth telesphore had dozed off with the catechism open on his knees and the little Alma rose not yet in bed was hovering in doubt between the wish to draw attention to her brother's indolence and a sense of shame at thus betraying him maria looked down again took her work in hand and her simple mind pursued a little further its puzzling train of thought when a girl does not feel or feels no longer that deep mysterious impulse toward a man singled out from all the rest of the world what is left to guide her for what things should she seek in her marriage for a satisfying life, surely, to make a happy home for herself? Her parents would like her to marry Eutrope Gagnon, that she felt, because she would live near them, and again because this life upon the land was the only one they knew, and they naturally thought it better than any other. Eutrope was a fine fellow, hard-working and of kindly disposition, and he loved her, but lorenzo surprenant also loved her he likewise was steady and a good worker he was a canadian at heart not less than those amongst whom she lived he went to church and he offered as his splendid gift a world dazzling to the eye all the wonders of the city he would rescue her from this oppression of frozen earth and gloomy forest she could not as yet resolve to say to herself i will marry lorenzo surprenant but her heart had made its choice the cruel northwest wind that heaped the snow above francois paradis at the foot of some desolate cypress bore also to her on its wings the frown and the harshness of the country wherein she dwelt and filled her with hate of the northern winter the cold the whitened ground and the loneliness of that boundless forest unheedful of the destinies of men where every melancholy tree is fit to stand in a home of the dead love all-compelling love for a brief space had dwelt within her heart mighty flame scorching and bright quenched now and never to revive it left her spirit empty and yearning she was fain to seek forgetfulness and cure in that life afar among the myriad paler lights of the city end of chapter thirteen